HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, Lord. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Happy fucking holidays. When <laughs> you're listening to the speakeasy. In the studio today we have uh, repeat guest Aaron Polsky from Emoria Margo and Cripple Creek. And as well, uh, we have Michael Rourke. Hello. My best friend <laughs> slash drummer and brother slash bartender slash also uh, member of Cripple Creek. The pop-up bar that we did uh, last week at uh, the basement of Lit Lounge, which was pretty festive, I will say, to go along with our uh, our holiday show today. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, man. Hey, thanks, Damon. <laughs> All right. So, um, for those of you who don't know, we did a uh, pop-up bar um, experiment. Why don't you run us down, uh, Aaron, the the, uh, the idea of the experimental like pop-up bar that we did? Well, I think uh, what we were trying to do... I think you and I uh, both both view the current cocktail experience as somewhat akin to seeing <clears throat> like a classical music concert. Sit down, you're polite, you dress up, you study the menu just like you would read the playbill about the dead composer you're about to hear. <laughs> Think about what you want, order it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, we're rock and roll dudes. We uh, kind of wanted it to be more about the drinks and shared experience with your friends and just kind of having fun partying getting drunk getting sweaty so yeah we made our own cocktails uh made them so that we could serve them in about two seconds of pop served them in plastic cups shitty ice and uh just let people rock and roll and drink good drinks you know okay so a lot of times like especially even like last time you were on the show what we talked about was uh you know Obviously, like different ingredients and like kind of like more experimental styles of cocktails, um, kind of like avant-garde, you know, styles of making drinks. And you know, like you said, you know, Mike and I, you know, play in a rock and roll band, and uh, Aaron, you're also a rock and roll dude yourself. Um, and the whole I dabble, rock and roll. I dabble, dabble. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, like you said, the, the experience of going to a classic like cocktail bar is very 
classic, you know. And for us, it's like it's hard to. Well, not anymore. It w- was a challenge before to put rock and roll and cocktails together. It's like when you go to a rock and roll show, you can't get a good cocktail, but you'll get a beer and a plastic cup. And you know, on the same uh, or on the other side, if you go to a cocktail bar, you can't like really feel like you can rock out and have fun. So like. We were trying to bridge that gap, right? Yeah, I think we did it. I think we did it. Yeah. So we did two nights, and uh, and we wrote out the menu like a set list, and we duct taped it to the bar. <laughs> and you could buy the single, or you could buy the full album, which was the tasting menu. And it, I think it went over really well, the parts I remember anyway. Mike, what did you think about the experience? Well, <clears throat> unfortunately, I didn't get to have any of these cocktails because I was stuck in a little DJ room. But uh, <laughs> I, I, sorry, I, dude. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I drank a bottle of Old Crow though the first night. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a good time, man. I think you guys, uh, you know, definitely achieved the goal of creating a fun atmosphere where people could actually get really good drinks. And uh, from what I could see, people are having a hell of a good time and. I saw plenty of topless dudes dancing with each other. <laughs> <laughs> I remember none of Jack, that. We gotta edit that one out <laughs> at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there was a, there was a lot of big Jagger dancing. There was a bit of a Jagger off. <laughs> Jagger off. Yeah. So some of the uh, for the listeners, some of the uh, cocktails. Why don't you run through some of them for us, Aaron? Um. Well, I think one cool one that we came up with was. Uh, Black trumpet mushrooms infused into creme de cacao uh, and just blended with scotch and a little bit of absinthe. Um, I think that's a great example that of... That sounds awesome. Thanks for giving me one. <laughs> you had, uh, yeah. had one. You, on. you had one. You just yeah. don't remember. Yeah. I just don't remember. You had, yeah, you had a <laughs> bottle of Old Crow I remember trying to give you all of them. You refused. I was like, fine, let's just leave them alone. Have the if you had a koozie big enough to fit over that Old Crow bottle, you would have been a lot happier probably. No, no, it's fine. I know they make them. They must. <laughs> they must. I'll find one. Yeah. Well, brothers make them? Christmas ideas. Probably. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, I think that one was really cool. I mean, like, not. this is kind of weird because in this format of the show, like, I, I usually am not, like, part of the uh, the subject matter. But I think what we did was badass. <laughs> so, I like, very much agree. Yeah. So it was, like, smoky scotch with uh, with. Mushrooms and absinthe. I mean, sounds like a camping trip to me. (laughs) It's never a camping trip without scotch. That's what we're talking about, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Not the mushrooms. I mean, I think what's important is that we didn't we didn't dumb it down at all. Like we didn't make any cocktails any more basic or more simple than we would in our respective bars. We did that same level in just a totally fun environment. And it's not to say that our bars or other cocktail bars aren't fun, but an environment like Lit. Uh, and people got their drinks fast, and they enjoyed them. And that was awesome. Yeah. And we actually, like, I, I like the idea of, like, doing everything in plastic cups, too. To break some of the, like, pretension of, like, the perceived cocktail bar. Because a lot of times, like, what we talk about on this show, too, is the kind of the stuffiness of the, like, the modern, like, classic cocktail bar. And trying to break away from that is, like... Very important right now, especially because like there's like we often talk about even like the backlash in the press, uh, people's blogs. You know, there there's for trying to do something so like on point and and historical and 
like to perfection, you get a lot of you get a lot of shit for it, you know. Right. I mean, it, it, the exclusivity alone is like one of the biggest factors. But then, like, you know, what I mean, like you end up being kind of chastised for trying to do something better than the rest. It kind of ends up being like who can. <laughs> It ends up being who can be the best Robert Johnson cover band. <laughs> it's just like at a certain point, you gotta you gotta move on from that. Yeah, and I think that's that's kind of like a, a pretty cool way of putting it too. It's like the blues, you know. When you play the blues, it's always going to be the blues. It's like it's never like obviously rock and roll stems from the blues, but you know even when you hear like Zeppelin playing. It, you're like, wait a minute. Okay, I can base that off of like the like one four five blues like makeup, you know, like the composition. And the, a lot of times, it's that way with cocktails too. It's like, and not to like downplay this at all, but like the like for instance, like the Manhattan and the old fashioned. Like a lot of times, when you go to a cocktail bar and you look at somebody, like just even the reading the recipes on a menu, you can be like, oh, well, that's like obviously like. A Manhattan variation, just in the same way that, like, you know, since I've been loving you is a blues right. variation, you know, <laughs> just like lick my love pump is a mock. <laughs> <laughs> I was glad. That, I'm very glad that we got a Spinal Tap reference in there. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's our first Spinal Tap reference, <laughs> maybe, except for the fact that. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Jack. Oh, we got another one too. Uh, all of our cocktails, we uh, we made sure we didn't want to completely overcharged but we want to make sure that we cover our cost uh, a lot of times you go to places and you'll be paying like 16 17 or whatever bucks for a cocktail so we made sure that all of our cocktails were 11 because in spinal tap they go to 11 they go to 11 uh, that's funny that's the volume i kept the music at all exactly night. <laughs> did you um did you try making 10 louder uh, no i just went to 11 yeah <laughs> so what was the uh, the vibe that you tried to put out mike with the music Oh man, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of what I think was the. That's a tough question, man. <laughs> I can tell you what I told people. All right, sure, let's hear that. Shit, kicking rock and roll. All right then, there we go. There we go. But that's just my interpretation. Man. <laughs> hey, Come on. you know, good. What I consider good music. You know, yeah. <laughs> I actually got to play. All the songs I liked, and nothing that I didn't like. That's a that's a good time in my book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it was cool because like the crowd that came out. I, mean, I think we like kind of hit the goal with. Uh, we had a lot of like industry people coming out, but we uh, we wanted to get people out that were not necessarily like cocktail like denizens. You know, like we wanted to get people exposed to the, that. Was really the goal, I think. You know, like rather than like doing this thing for a bunch of industry people again. You know, like there's so who many we love. Who we love. Who we love. <laughs> you know, yeah, obviously. Um, but, you know, moving beyond that, you know, and trying to expand that, that you know, circle of, uh, of enthusiasts, you know. There's so many times, like, that even, like, it, it keeps going back to the musical thing, man. You know, like, originally I know that we talked about having our uh, menu, like, in different sections of... You guys are giggling, pouring whiskey all over the place. Um, <laughs> we talked about having like three different sections of the menu, um, having like the like strong classics or some kind of obscure classics. That would be like your classic 
you know, rock, you know, bluesy, like early rock stuff. Then like kind of moving into the sixties, maybe getting a little bit more experimental and then like moving into the, uh, the like, rush and the yes. The rush and yes of everything. And like going like really like which kind I, of bizarre. Which I did broccoli. not play. Right. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I think if we had if we had actually named the sections like you wanted to name them after the bass players from like one was the John Inwistle section, the other one was the Getty Lee section for the experiment. I think then we probably would have been like forced to play some rush and some yes. Oh uh, yeah. But I'm glad I'm glad we reformatted the menu for that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Yeah, I just I just wouldn't have played it. <laughs> <laughs> you just uh, yeah, put your foot down. Yeah. Um, what what do you think? Like as far as as far as the uh, the different bars, man, these people are partying in here. It's awesome. They're very festive. <laughs> what do you think about it? like uh, like the traveling like uh, pop up bar? Like, what are some of the the challenges, the pros and cons of of doing it in a place that's not necessarily a cocktail bar. Um, just, uh, I would say getting all the liquor that you need. <clears throat> Aside from that, not that much. I think that's kind of the beauty of it is that if you do all the prep you need to do uh, ahead of time and just know the bar, then it's fine. Like, as long as you have plumbing and ice. Yeah. You kind of do well, whatever you want. We can't even talk about that. I mean, like, the, the whole ice issue, you know, people get so, like, hardcore about their, their, like, ice program at their bar. And, dude, we used, like, just regular, like, I think it was, I think it might have been, like, Hoshizaki, like, half, like, half circles or whatever. Um, but that worked out great. And, right. you know, it really, worked faster. Exactly. Right? If we had had cold draft or hundred weight or whatever, it would have made beautiful cocktails in seven times a time. Yeah. You know, it just would have taken longer and that's not what that experience is about. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think what it did was it focused in on what was in the glass and nothing else. It's not about, it wasn't so much about the presentation. Here. Let's Whiskey pass. Uh, Whiskey pass. Wasn't so much about the presentation. Uh, wasn't so much about the technique. It was just that was already there. You know, the cocktails were already made. The song was already written. We were just kind of just putting it out. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, it's like it's kind of like the uh, you know like what kind of turntable are you listening to this on? You know, right? When you're out at a show and people are yelling, like there are speakers and they're good, but it's not. You're there to hear the music. Yeah. There's the crowd, there's uh, glasses clinking, there's, like, feedback, there's, like, all kinds of, like, uh, noisy problems. I mean, it, but, like, the point is the music in the end. And, yeah, right. it, like, I, yeah, it's a great, that's a great uh, relation to the, the cocktail itself, you know. I mean, how many times have you been to the beach with, like, a bottle where you've, like, pre-batched, like, a Manhattan or a Negroni, you know? I, I mean, I... Yeah, I, that's, no, I've, yeah. No comment, right? But, yeah, I mean, like... That's going to be room temperature without dilution and if you're, like, or a fishing trip. Anything, you know, like there's, there's the end product is the most important thing. I mean, obviously presentation and, and dilution, all this stuff like that goes into, you know, your whole list of like judgments, you know, but I mean, in the end, like, I think uh, there's a lot more leeway with the classics like a Manhattan or a Negroni. Uh, we were doing some weird stuff that, you know, 
hadn't been tasted before, so we actually were able to to get away with a little bit more. <laughs> right. Like, and, I mean, people liked a lot of them. Not every drink was everybody's favorite, but that's fine. Like, they came out to experience it. Obviously, we strive to make drinks that we believe in, that we think are awesome, but we're not there to please all palates yeah. with all of them. But we want to give people the experience. Yeah. I don't like every Brian Eno song, but I like Brian Eno. Right. It's like, I don't like every cocktail, but I love cocktails. Yeah. You know. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to be talking with Michael Rourke and Aaron Polsky of Cripple Creek. Woo! Woo! <laughs> you are listening to I Get By by the Dead Stars on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Everything you do is not for you Disappearing views of someone else's state of grace Well, I know you're disappointed I get angry when you move There's a force that's out of focus But it My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. And we're back. And thank you, Damon. And thank you, Heritage and Roberta's and everyone. I think the world. <laughs> um... Do you like that whiskey, Jack? Yes. That's what I was thanking you for. <laughs> Not the show. I don't care about that. I just... Yeah. What, what are we drinking? What are we drinking? Well, we were just talking on the break about like what we like to drink during the holidays. Um, something that hits co- pretty close home, for me anyway, um, I don't get to go home very often, uh, or really much at all for the holidays, so... Um, had this kind of long-standing Wait, tradition. Isn't that because your parents tell you not to come home? Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> but <laughs> like, yeah, you just you just stay there. You just stay there, man. Just stay in New York. Um, <laughs> so, being from uh, Oklahoma and uh, Texas area, um, uh, over the last uh, I would say like four years, we've had um, some barbecue shipped up from the greatest barbecue place in the world, Salt Lake Barbecue in Driftwood, Texas, which is uh, just outside of Austin, and um, so every year we would get this uh, this package of barbecue um, from the Nealon family, and it would be like brisket and ribs and sausage and all this stuff, and it was just badass. Um, so what I brought into the studio today uh, to kind of fit along with that is the uh, Bacconi's uh, Baby Blue Whiskey, which is 100% Baby Blue uh, corn. Um, it's not a bourbon because it's not aged in uh, brand new charred oak barrels. Um, but it is aged and uh, and it is corn, so it could potentially be a bourbon, but it technically isn't. But it's from Waco, Texas, so uh, 
It's right around the same area, and uh, it's a really, really fantastic product that I tasted a while back. But actually, Aaron, this is like one of your favorites, right? Yeah, um, I tasted it actually at a whiskey tasting at um, Fetzal, mm. and it really stood. Also, out. awesome barbecue. Yeah, totally awesome. Um, it really, it really just stood out to me, man. It it w- has like the softness, this almost. Uh, sweetness to it i don't know it's it's not like most bourbons um you can definitely tell that it's it's young young yeah, yeah. which i like you know it this it uh that's a whole other conversation that we can't talk about on the air <laughs> dude come on <laughs> my parents are listening i will not discuss pending litigation <laughs> no i mean like i agree like a lot of times and not to uh not to whiskey slide um, <laughs> not to downplay any kind of like young whiskey or even unaged whiskey, but a lot of them are, you know, like, especially after being so used to like the, the like age stuff, you know, like any kind of like aged bourbon or rye or scotch. Um, I feel like this is kind of interesting too. Like the American palate's like so used to like the young unaged whiskeys. And there's so many of them out there now. I remember like five years ago, like, the one, which was uh, the Georgia Moon that came in the jar, you know, which I still have. For easy um, pouring? Dude, no. You just take a sip, and then you throw ice in it, and then you sip the rest. <laughs> <laughs> That's what mason jars are for. Come on. Let's get real. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, over the past, like, even, like, four years, it's really blown up. And, I mean, I know that one one factor of that would be that it's... Like easier, it's, it's quicker to produce. You know, like you don't have to age it. You know, a lot of it, it's cheaper to produce too. You know, like you don't like a right, lot of you're the not cost sitting on inventory. Yeah, um, and it kind of appeals to a different market too. Like it can kind of appeal to the the vodka drinker, the rum drinker. You know, because it's a little bit sweeter too. Um, but this one, for being such young whiskey, it's fantastic, man. And in a different way. I mean, it's. I wouldn't say that. You know, like the Tuttletown stuff is even like young too, but it's got at least it's done in uh, brand new barrels, so it's got the the more like woody, smoky, you know. Well, and I think they're five gallons, so yeah, it's just a lot more surface exactly. area of char to to the um, to the liquid. But I think that <clears throat> just like people have started embracing um, blanco tequila, and you know various um varietals of agave and mezcal because they want to taste the differences in you know the base product you know they want to taste the the product as opposed to the wood i think that micro distilling of whiskeys has kind of gone that same route and koval is a great example as well out of Um, chicago yeah 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 i think it's also i think it's also evident in rums too i mean like a lot of people like always wanted the the aged rums you know to sip on but I mean, have you had like, like Banks, you know, the Banks Five Island or the, you know, like even Florida County Four, which is readily available, you know, things like that. Denizen, which is a great one. I'm not trying to name drop a bunch of rums right now, um, <laughs> unless they want to sponsor the Heritage Radio Network. <laughs> um, but I mean, but it is true, you know, like there, there are subtle nuances in the uh, the first product, the first run product. 
then you start aging it yeah it's gonna it's gonna change and it's gonna like for a lot of people's opinions get better but it's really cool to taste the clean first run yeah totally cool uh love those products honestly with rum though the my favorites have been as far as um expressiveness and just interesting product um have been the rums from uh, Renegade Rum, which were basically like found stockpiles that then were enha- enhanced in other casks. Uh, and those are just super interesting. They basically just transcend product categories. Yeah. So. Well, let's talk about holiday stuff. Yeah. What do you guys, uh, I mean, I we're, want we're a kind of. that for the holidays. <laughs> um, what do you guys, what did you grow up with uh, in the household? Like, what, I mean, what did your parents drink? What did you sneak? Like into the other room, <laughs> Mike. I mean, I know uh, I've met your parents and hung out with them, and they're fucking awesome. And uh, yeah, they don't drink at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, what were your holiday traditions like? What did What did you uh, see your parents sneaking by? <laughs> this uh, is a loaded question. Yeah, I mean, I, not to get anybody in trouble. Yeah. My parents weren't sneaking anything by; they were just like <laughs> pouring it straight into the glass, like in front of everybody. But I remember the the probably the first time I ever had beer was during the holidays when my parents and my uncles and aunts were all playing cards and one of my uncles just like handed me a beer i was like (laughs) i think i was like 12 yeah and didn't like it to be fair you had the same type of facial hair oh yeah i was already six four and had a giant beard (laughs) so like you know it's (laughs) but it's not i'm not blaming anyone's mistake beer yeah yeah, (laughs) You know, I was buying beer at the Everyone ID store. Mike. When, they, when he comes to your bar, ID him. Hey, Damon, I have to interject. We got a we got a call into the speakeasy, but it turned out he thought he was calling a pawn shop trying to sell a uh, stainless steel toy truck. So. <laughs> Did you not buy it? No, I passed. Dude, come, oh, on, come on, man. That was actually, that was set up, man. That was your Christmas oh, gift. <laughs> that you're going to buy yourself. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you back. We'll spot yeah, us yeah. for it. <laughs> That's amazing. We're good for it, <laughs> if you can't tell. <laughs> well, this is the best show we've had so far, I think. What is this? Like 81, 80, something like that? I don't know. Well, anyways, yeah, so the holidays <laughs> always reminds me of when my uncle snuck me my first beer. And then it was kind of a tradition from that point on. He would give me a beer every year. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, holiday tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Giving beer to kids. Exactly. Exactly. I can't wait to pass it on one day. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Aaron, do you have any uh, holiday traditions? It doesn't have to be booze related. No, I think it was booze related. Um, (laughs) I think it was. It might have been Hanukkah. I'm. Uh, the token Jew of the group. And uh, I was like probably 11 and they gave me some wine. And that was probably like the first recorded me drunk shenanigan when I tried to wrestle like a 32-year-old who was also at the party. <laughs> like this little kid and I was just like wasted and like egging them on. And it literally just turned into a wrestling match. That's awesome. That How'd was- that turn out? Um, no comment. Fourteen years later, I'm taking my shirt off everywhere again. <laughs> <laughs> so it had a lasting impression. <laughs> Just not sure what kind. <laughs> well, I I mean, like mine, I guess is uh, yeah, like having some uh, some whiskey with friends, you know, just like we're doing right now, you know, 
the uh, the the last uh, I think like just in general like the holiday tradition for uh, my family has always been like being very untraditional. Like after uh, my brother and I moved out of uh, our hometown, we ended up uh, not doing the traditional like turkey on Thanksgiving, ham on Christmas. It was always like we'd have like awesome like Mexican food or like barbecue or like Chinese food. Like I miss the Mexican uh, food Thanksgivings. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Because I don't want to think about, like, like red wine with, uh, like, cranberry sauce and all that bullshit. I want to have a margarita, man. It's getting cold. I want to remember summer, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. so come on, man. Yeah. Let's have margaritas and coronas and, like, sangria. Like, yeah, I guess that goes back to the red wine thing. But, yeah, it's, like, the non-traditional holiday. And especially, like, for us living in New York City. It's like, you can't really stay that traditional. A lot of people try to do it, but it's like, you know what? You got to come up with new traditions. Well, dude, you know, I think that one tradition that's kind of uh, in the works is sort of, you know, we're all in the restaurant industry. Um, A lot of us don't go home. And it's fun to kind of get together and sort of ball out. And, you know, like one year, a friend of mine... (laughs) We all went on the shopping trip just to buy things, you know, for for dinner. And we were like, we're going to get goose and, like, Kobe beef and all of these things. And just, like, make the the best feast we could make. Like, better than at any, like, single family tradition, right? Or, like, gathering or whatever. Just, like, really go all out. One of my friends came back from this trip. And I think he was assigned a cheap bottle of brandy and a cheap bottle of rum to make eggnog. And he came back with the Methuselah of Paul Roger. In his arms with a shit-eating grin on his face. <laughs> I was like, dude! We had to put it outside for like six hours to chill it down. And then sabered it. And this like cork was like a baby's fist just flying down the hallway. I mean, it was, it was amazing. But awesome. I think that's kind of that's fun too, you know? Was it Maxwell Britton? It was not. But I would expect him to do something That like is that. now a standing challenge to Maxwell Britton. <laughs> you just must exceed six liters, sir. <laughs> Where the hell would you find one of those? Aster Wines. And they rang a bell when he bought it. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. You know, <laughs> a Hanukkah miracle. It's amazing, man. Yeah. You know, the one thing we haven't talked about so far is like, uh, like you're saying, like eggnog. But something that's very traditional for uh, like the South and Midwest in this country is uh, the Tom and Jerry. And... Which is basically, it's a kind of an eggnog uh, of sorts, but you make the batter, you put the, the, the rum and the brandy together and, and any kind of hot thing. And uh, do you guys uh, ever make Tom and Jerry's? Have you ever done that before? My friend Eamon really enjoys making Tom and Jerry's. He's got a bowl, he's got the whole set. I've actually never made one, but I would like to point out, <clears throat> last night I covered at Cienfuegos. It was my first live shift. Um, and Tom Chadwick is an asshole because he put on <laughs> an alaminu eggnog on the menu, and I'm like, I get an order like six six drinks long, and one of the drinks was this eggnog. So I look at the spec sheet, and it's literally like mix the egg yolks, rum, <laughs> like sweetener or whatever, whip the egg whites separately, and it was just it was brutal. I was like, I can't believe you did that. So I love you. But also, you're an asshole. Okay, so so far in the show, how many people have we called out? <laughs> <laughs> so it's Maxwell Britton, Tom Chadwick. Might as well throw Frank Cisnero in there somewhere. Right. Oh, it was his birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Frank. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Happy, birthday, happy Frank. birthday, Frank. 
Okay, it looks like we're at the end of the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're out of time. Um, well, man, that was uh, that was a productive show. Yeah, <laughs> we called three people out and uh, we talked about kind of nothing except for rock and roll cocktails and the holidays, which I guess that's right. that's quite a bit of it's pretty much everything you it's can like talk epi- about. It's like an episode of Seinfeld. Nothing. <laughs> 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 uh, happy seventeenth night of Hanukkah, everyone. <laughs> hey, I've got a new holiday tradition too. It's drink, it, Jack? drinking this baby blue on the speakeasy every year from now on. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll yes. do that from now on, Jack. I would like to say. Happy holidays to everyone. Mike, Aaron, thanks for coming on the show. Jack, love you. You're a great producer. Happy holidays to you and everyone else out there in the world. Have a great New Year. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.